Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books and Political Science podcast. My name is Heath Brown, and today I will be talking to the author of Immigrants, Evangelicals, and Politics in the Era of Demographic Change. Uh, the publisher of this book is Russell Sage Foundation Press. The book was published this year, and the author is Janelle Wong. Janelle is here with me today. Janelle, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm wonderful. Um, we uh, we have uh, I've been planning this uh, conversation for a while, and it's so nice to finally have the chance to talk about this really interesting book. Uh, before we talk about the book and all that you did in it, maybe you can uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, uh, who you are, where you are now, where you've been in the past. So uh, introduce sure. yourself uh, in any way you'd like. Great. So thanks for having me, Heath. And I am a political scientist. I am in the Department of American Studies at the University of Maryland. And I have been here about six years. I also directed Asian American Studies here for a number of years. And prior to that, I was at the University of Southern California in political science and also in the Department of American Studies and Ethnicity. Okay. And, and this this specific project uh, that you worked on, we'll get to some of the details, but um, uh, was the result of, of time spent at the Russell Sage Foundation or, or something else? What's the what's the connection to, to that outlet? Yeah, the connection, um, they gave me some funding to do a lot of qualitative interviews that were part of this project. And as a result, uh, they are the first they have first um, dibs on the book. Yeah, I'm sure they are are glad to have taken you up on that offer because the book um, is is so really uh, so very interesting. Um, it's interesting because it um, I think turns on its head some some um, notions we have about politics. And I wonder if we could maybe start there. Sure. And and allow you to describe kind of what that conventional notion is that we have about evangelicals in the United States. Um, who they are, uh, how they participate in politics, and then we can get to uh, kind of your take on this. But what do we think we know? Uh, what have we known in the past about evangelicals or, or born-again Christians? There are different titles here. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, tell us about uh, maybe what, what we've known in the past. Well, I think what we've been focusing on is this consolidation of evangelicals with the Republican Party. And we know that that relationship has become tighter over time. So in the late 80s, about 35% of evangelicals, white evangelicals, identified as Republican. And by 2006, it was more than half. And in the last election, we saw um, a true kind of um, deep connection between religious identity and party identity. And that, I think, has really colored our idea of who evangelicals are today, is they are white and they are Republicans. Now, now today, is, as you, you allude, um, that convention may, may be changing somewhat. 
as the, the demographics of the country and the demographics of evangelicals as a group is beginning to change. Mm-hmm. So what do we know descriptively uh, about the, the immigrant, the, the racial and the ethnic makeup of evangelicals today? Let's say compared to, to some point in the recent past. So what do evangelicals look like as a group now? Well, today evangelicals are increasingly diverse and a colleague of mine, uh, Robbie Jones actually wrote a book called The End of White Christian America. So there's there's a lot of anxiety, I think, about the demographic decline of white evangelicals. And that's really the result of immigration flows from Asia and Latin America that have occurred exactly over the period that we've seen white evangelicals uh, consolidate with the Republican Party. We've also seen massive immigration from Asia and from Latin America. And so today we see that about 30% of evangelicals in the U.S. are non-white. And uh, I think that's that's kind of missing from the story about evangelicals in America. And and within that group, that, that third, that 30%, uh, what portion uh, would be would be considered immigrants or, or recent immigrants in some ways? Talk about within that that group how it separates between um, Asian uh, Asian American, uh, Latino, and, and African American. So mm-hmm. maybe you can break down that group a little bit for us. So African Americans still are the um, they're the group most likely the racial group most likely to identify as evangelical, and that should give us a cue that maybe. Um, race does matter, obviously, in evangelical politics, but about 13% of evangelicals today are Asian and Latin American, and the majority of Asians in that group are immigrants. Uh, it's more split between uh, uh, in the Latino community. Now, now these, um, these racial and these ethnic changes uh, we would speculate and assume relate in some ways to, to political views. And, and so I wonder if you can describe, and you do this early in the book, uh, what, what you found about the partisan makeup of, of Latino and Asian American evangelicals. Um, do they identify with conservative beliefs, mm-hmm. uh, join the Republican Party and, and vote for Republican presidential candidates at the same rate as their white evangelical friends and neighbors? So, so in terms of, of, of politics, who do they resemble? Well, that was a real... Uh kind of driving question that I had when I started this project, which was how are growing numbers of the really Asian American and Latino evangelicals are the only source of growth in the in evangelical America? And how was that growth going to perhaps either add to the political power of the Christian right or would it change that coalition in some kind of fundamental way? And what I found is that Asian Americans and Latinos, even though they uh, tend to be quite uh, religious in terms of, let's say, attending church often or having deep fundamentalist beliefs, actually are much less conservative across the board, except for two issues, same-sex marriage and abortion, than white evangelicals. And so if you look at a range of policies from, you know, candidate support, support for Trump, to taxing the rich, to universal health care, to even Black Lives Matter, you could see that there's a huge racial gap 
in, among evangelicals in terms of their political beliefs. And that was really striking. And also I find that across multiple surveys. Now, the other side of this comparison is, is whether these um, uh, emerging groups of evangelicals hold similar political views as their non-evangelical friends and, and racial uh, compatriots. Uh, so what did you find on the similarities or, or the differences within racial and ethnic groups when it comes to uh, uh, these political issues? So I really find that both race and religion matter. So on the one hand, as I just said, there's this, this racial group gap in political attitudes um, between white evangelicals and non-white evangelicals, where uh, across the board, you see that whites are much more conservative than non-white evangelicals. But as you allude to, at the same time, evangelicals tend to be more conservative than non-evangelicals within those racial groups. And so uh, someone who is Asian American and evangelical will not only be more conservative on abortion, but will also be more conservative on immigration than someone who's Asian American and non-evangelical. And that's true for, for Blacks and Latinos as well. Now, one of the, the most interesting analyses that I found in the book is the comparison of perceptions of discrimination. Uh, because this is in one of the ways that the, all of this kind of gets gets tied up together. Uh, mm-hmm. Given some of your evidence, it isn't exactly clear how non-white evangelicals will perceive discrimination faced by those in their in-group or their out-group. Um, I wonder if you could explain how you how you set up this analysis. Um, mm-hmm. You know the way in which you approach this, and and then what you found about the specific issue of discrimination, which is related to. Uh, one's one's political views, but but is different in some ways. So one of the things that I expected going into the book was that maybe maybe this growing number of non-white evangelicals was going to fundamentally change the Christian right in the U.S. And I wrote that whole book, and then the 2016 election happened. And 80% of white evangelicals supported Trump, and uh, they made up 25% of all voters, and they really dominated um, in terms of pushing their political agenda forward. And my question was, why is that? The typical answer is, well, they will support someone like Trump even uh, though they think he has some moral character flaws because they have such strong religious beliefs. They want to get a conservative Supreme Court justice appointed. They want to uh, have a stronger uh, ties between have stronger ties between church and state. They want to kind of um, push their religious agenda around um, abortion. But I think what this, but what my research reveals is that something different is going on. Really, there is there is something distinct about white evangelicals and what drives their conservatism versus other groups. And so, I created a measure of discrimination that looks at to what extent do you think Muslims, for instance, face as much or more discrimination um, as your own group? And for each group, there were kind of surprising results. So for whites, white evangelicals, fully 50% of white evangelicals feel that they face 
their group, whites, faces as much or more discrimination as Muslims. 30% of whites who are not even, who are just whites in general feel that way. And so surprisingly, what I found is that that feeling of discrimination, relative discrimination vis-a-vis a relatively small outgroup is what is driving the conservative agenda among white evangelicals. And that predicts almost every conservative, it does predict every conservative policy view and conservative uh, vote choice among white evangelicals. For other groups, they might feel that way. So for non-white groups, they might feel like their group faces a lot of discrimination relative to Muslims, but that does not drive their political attitudes to the same degree. And for white evangelicals, a little bit more analysis shows that the driver, that that feeling of racial group embattlement is even more of a prominent uh, driver of those conservative attitudes than partisanship, which, as you know, for a political scientist is is really um, surprising. Yeah, this this reminds me so much of, of Michelle uh, Margulis's recent book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think your work is such an interesting test of, of her of her theory. Um, and that's because she has this idea that, that um, partisanship drives uh, a certain level of religiosity, in part because mm-hmm. uh, people take this sort of uh, early adulthood break from, from religion. And, and once, once partisanship has already set in, for the, many of the people that you study, um, that's going to work differently because some portion of their, their life will have been spent in, in living in some other country before uh, emigration to the United States. I, I don't know if you've, you've read the book or kind of know this argument, but I wonder if you can maybe talk a little bit about the mechanism driving the people that you study towards evangelicalism and then also towards their political views. You know, kind of get this in order for us. What's preceding what, if you can sort of speculate a bit? Well, I haven't read Michelle's book, but I do. I have been following the basic argument, which I think is fascinating and does ring true that perhaps uh, there is, uh, contrary to what we think, the the religious identity of individuals actually flows from uh, their partisan identification, and I don't think. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think that um, I can directly pinpoint the causal mechanism in my own work because these are um, these are kind of snapshot surveys. Um, but I do see my findings as fairly consistent. However, theoretically, um, I guess I would say that I, I in some ways see the religious identity as as fully entangled in partisan identity. So I'm not, I'm not making an argument either way, but I definitely see um, perhaps a two-way street that both religious identity and racial identity and partisanship are working in a, in a complex way. But what ends up is a fairly simple story that for white evangelicals, um, they are Republican and it doesn't, and and religious identity alone can't explain that strong conservative um, viewpoint on immigration or Black Lives Matter. And for other groups, the tight relationship between religious identity and partisanship 
is just not there. Now, one of the things that um, you mentioned at the very start of our conversation were the interviews uh, that you did for this for this project, and we've t- been talking primarily about the the various kinds of survey uh, results that you've analyzed. But you also talked to people, and um, and I imagine talked to them about their their experiences in in religious institutions in evangelical churches. How does how does that side of the project inform uh, what you have come to understand about uh, uh, the evangelical community? Are, are the experiences in churches um, quite different? Uh, uh, what do you learn from those interviews? So I also, I interviewed almost, uh, I interviewed 70 people. They were white, black, Asian, and Latino evangelicals in Houston and LA, and also visited 60 different uh, religious sites. And there, there's a lot going on. Um, these places still tend to be relatively racially segregated. And the way that whites and non-whites talk about race is so different. So white evangelicals in the study tended to have a kind of colorblind um, viewpoint about race, or they also really wanted to cast discussions about race as less important to discussions about religion. So, for instance, one white man who attended a Pentecostal church in Southern California, liberal Southern California, said to me that what the Bible teaches about equality is that in terms of racial equality, your social equality is less important than your relationship to God. Don't revolt and rebel, but be a good, be good, and be the best slave you can be. Racial equality, I think, is less important to the Bible than your relationship to God. That was very different than how people of color talked about race, and they talked about their um, their identity as their connection to other people of color in a much more explicit way. And I think that's partly what explains the very different kinds of attitudes about. Uh, politics that that um, we see among white versus non-white evangelicals. Yeah, the, the book again is Immigrants, Evangelicals, and Politics in an Era of Demographic Change. The book is published by Russell uh, Sage Foundation Press in 2018 and available widely. Janelle, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Heath. I really appreciate your time and being on the podcast. You'll have to come back soon. Take care. All right. Bye.